Thank you so much. Good morning. So I know y'all are nervous because I'm bringing all these books up here, but I won't preach as long as Pastor does. How's that? We'll see. That's a good comment. Um, it's just wonderful to be back. Thank you so much. If you could just put those in a little circle right here, then, and they all face each other. Yep, perfect. Use my stage hand. Um, how many of you women were at flow? Well, maybe I should ask how many men were at flow last time? I want to personally extend an invitation to Alex, Alexa, and the, and the security guard. So, <laughs> um, How many of the women came and heard me last time? And a couple of you other women, why weren't you here? No, I'm just kidding. Um, and so I'm looking forward to tomorrow night, but I really feel like I'm on assignment this morning. Uh, I'm not going to share my testimony this morning. It's, it's out in the foyer in, uh, in a book called A Glimpse of Grace, if you're interested. Let me tell you a couple things about some things that I brought you as gifts that are out in the Welcome Center. So all the CDs that I have out there are free. So if you go and, and one just jumps out at you, just ask the Lord if there's one in particular for you. If not, just pick one that you like the color. You know, sometimes prophetic doesn't have to be spectacular, right? Uh, you know, sometimes I want God to speak to me in a certain way, and, he, and I'm just drawn to something that doesn't seem quote-unquote prophetic at all. I love the prophetic, but I also like to demystify something that's very mysterious. And so um, the, the CDs, I think, are important for this season. Uh, this one that's called Preparing the Vessel talks about the Lord being the potter. And one of the things we, we need to understand in this season is it's so interesting that the Lord knows what to put in in this season, and he knows what to take out. And, you know, we love God or we wouldn't be here on a Sunday morning. We'd be somewhere else, right? So we don't really intentionally resist God as the master potter. But if I don't understand, I can resist something that I don't have understanding. Like I, I told the pastor, I said, I could, I could have left after communion because it was all about opening the eyes of our heart. I, that is such a word for this season. I am seeing things I've never seen before. And I know that most of... Most of the frustration that we, that we feel, let me say this, a friend of mine says it this way, Graham says, frustration doesn't necessarily mean something's wrong, but it does mean something's happening. So one of the things that the Holy Spirit is helping us do is to, to understand what he's putting in and what he's put, pulling out, and he does stuff at the darndest times. Have you all figured that out? So uh, these are very, every day is unique, right? In, in general, we could talk about global things. I'm so thankful for the support that this church is giving to the Ukraine. That's great to know, and I so encourage that. And so big global things, but I'll tell you, in the midst of the macro, we've got to have the, the, metro, the, the smaller part to know what God's doing in our everyday lives, right? And so this teaching is to help you inquire of the Lord as the master potter. Don't rebuke the ram. Have you ever gotten to a place in God in revelation and then you went, oh my gosh, I can't believe I believed that because it's unfolding? Or have you just arrived? Are y'all just fully grown and matured in God and there's no more? Being facetious, of course. So there's always more in revelation. No one has ever arrived right? And so just as the, 
just as Isaac was getting ready to be sacrificed, what happened? He had an aha. Aha, oh, you don't want me to sacrifice my son. You've provided a ram. How many of you know that aha was pretty important? So some of us need an aha. Some of us are at the end of a road and you, you're trying to keep going down a certain way and it's not working because God's got an aha. So if you need an aha, that might be the CD for you. Come from behind is another one I'm giving away. Why is that important? There's just some things we've got to, you know, can, let me just say this. You'll hear this in my message today. It's time to come into agreement with Jesus on how he sees the Father and how he sees you. I'm preaching really good this morning. You know, some of us, and it's okay, to, it's okay to work through some things. But many of us are trying to serve God out of a, an image of ourselves and an image of God that doesn't match what Jesus is showing us. Pastor told us this morning, you're going to become what you work for. That's not what he said. You're going to become what you behold. So we need to come. How many of you know sometimes you do stuff out of pain? And listen, if you're in pain, there's no condemnation. Let me tell you, I can talk about pain. For those, how many of y'all do not know my testimony? Let me see your hands. Oh my gosh, you got an ex-felon talking to you today. It's not the pastor. <laughs> so... 60-second testimony, I was a successful multimillionaire businesswoman in Dallas, got into some legal trouble. I'm a pharmacist. My, drug of my, my crime of choice was not, not narcotic-related. I was uh, overseeing a government contract that involved getting antivirals to HIV patients and uh, mismanaged a government contract. Myself and my two employees, Mary and Martha, Mary and Martha, we all three went to trial. They're acquitted. I'm convicted. I get five years in a federal prison. God sends a man in I've never met, spoke to him audibly in Austin, Texas, sent him in. He prayed for me. I got delivered to demons, and here I am. So, short version. Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Um, I'm always happy to talk about the spectacular things that I've seen, witnessed, and experienced. Today I'm going to be very practical because the Lord sent me on assignment to release tools for building, navigating, and deconstructing. We're going to get, that, going to, get to that in about an hour. Just kidding. Um, so another CD that I'm going to give away is called Foundations for Hearing Him, and I really could preach the whole time on that. <clears throat> it's a... It's a CD teaching on hearing the voice of God, foundations for hearing him. Let, let me say something of where I think a lot of charismatics and spirit-filled people are um, stuck in the mud. They take something that's symbolic and they make it literal. Okay? So I have a word of caution. Uh, people that are teaching and speaking and talking about the book of Revelation, the book of Revelation is primary what? Symbolic. So there's a lot of people trying to force symbols and making them literal. I love teaching out of the book of Revelation, but the main thing I walk away from in the book of Revelation is beholding Jesus. The whole book is about seeing Jesus. So let me, let me give you just a, I don't talk about the book of Revelation here. I go, this is a more foundational teaching, which is why in the heck, okay to say that? 
We say different things in Australia, don't we? Uh, why in the heck did Jesus answer yes and no questions with a story that seemed to have absolutely nothing to do with the question? Why? Symbolic language is actually an invitation to relationship. Let me pose it to you this way. Let me tell a story so that I can get past your watchful dragons that if I just told the truth, I couldn't even get in the front door. Ooh, that's good. C.S. Lewis, watchful dragons. So we need to understand symbolic and literal communication and how Jesus did it because we're, we're hearing the Lord all the time because uh, communication, we talked about this in flow last time, communication is the foundation of all your relationships, husband and wife. I mean, I could go to lunch with you if you're inviting me, you know. Uh, I could go to lunch with you and be around a husband and wife and as long as they weren't putting up some facade, I could kind of tell you how their marriage is. Why? Ooh, everybody's just <laughs> so happy I came to church today. Why? Because that's a reflection of relationships, particularly those closest to you. Oh, this is going well, Mary. You just keep right on going. Um, so that's foundations for hearing him. And then God's dream, embracing God's dream. <clears throat> so many of us are brokenhearted over past dreams that haven't come to pass. And I'll just say this briefly because then I, I want to share some tools that I hopefully will change not just your Monday but your Sunday afternoon. So, so many of us are brokenhearted because some dreams haven't come to pass. Come to pass. And there's many reasons, and I'm not into that, but I'll tell you the way to get healed from broken dreams is to dream again. And sometimes that's the hardest thing to pick yourself up from, with your bootstraps and begin to dream again. But the Holy Spirit has given us power in this hour. Boy, that was good. Power hour. Um, he, he is helping us. I know that he's helping me do that. I'm, I'm getting healed from some broken dreams and not just COVID or some other things personally in my life. And I'm, I'm, I'm given the opportunity to dream again. And I think that's before a lot of us. Is that true for anybody right now? So it's okay. You make sure you get that one. All right, so I want to jump in <clears throat> and um, see if I can present some tools here in the next three hours that Pastor's given me. Um, this is one of my favorite visuals, and I love, I love it that they happen to be white. So again, today I, want, I just want to spend a few minutes going over. I'm going to tell a few stories, go over a few scriptures, and I'm going to let the Holy Spirit do his magic, right? Because um, he's going to give you what you need. Remember Master Potter, he's going to give you what you need, and he's going to put stuff in and take stuff out today. He's going to put something new in your hands today. So, you know, one of the things that he spoke to me about today specifically is that for this congregation, as he says, I'm shifting mindsets from slaves to friends. I'm shifting mindsets from slaves, <clears throat> from slaves or servants to um, you know, to friends. Of course, that's John 15, 15. In fact, let's, let me just read that. Uh, John 15, 15. I don't mind taking a moment to read the word, do you? I have, I have never, ooh, wait a minute. I'm already stumbling. You ever stumble over the word? 
I have, I'm, I'm, this is the Passion Translation. I have never called you servants. Let's just stop right there. So one of the things that's so amazing about God, and most of us have either, we're either there or we got introduced to relationship with God out of serving God and giving God glory. And my primary existence of mankind is to live to give God glory. A mentor of mine tells this story. He said, you know, when my son was of the age to start riding a bicycle, my wife and I uh, bought the bicycle and Todd gets on the bicycle, and he's wobbling and having a hard time and not doing real well. And, you know, after about an hour of this, a fall and a few knee scrapes, a couple of large Band-Aids, you know, he makes it down the street and turns around and comes back to my friend and his wife, and they just greet him and kiss him on the cheek and said, Todd, that was awesome. But now let me tell you why your mom and I gave you the bicycle. We want you to ride around the neighborhood and give us glory. We want you to tell all the neighbors how wonderful we are, and we want you to just go door to door, making sure everyone's looking out their window to make sure that we get the glory. Can I tell you, he bought that bicycle so that they could partner in joy, and that's what gave my friend and his wife the glory. So sometimes when we bypass the partnership, that's called religion. Can, can I tell you, two people can do the same thing and one do it out of love and relationship and the other one can do it either out of pain or religion to try to get something they already have. Oh, this is going well. So, so you know, one of the things that has helped me in my relationship and to come out of uh, serving to get, I'm sure all of y'all, none of y'all have ever been there, right? Serving God, living for God, to get something from God was, is this, because when we have, when we have a look at the Trinity, we've got the Father who is in other-centered, self-giving love with the Son in the power of the Spirit. They are, it, it, it's really what every person that's either in marriage or in any relationship or, you know, longing to be married. It's the kind of relationship that we are wired for, which is other-centered, self-giving, sacrificial love so that when I am in connection with this other person, I don't lose myself, individual parts, yet connected, I'm going to say it again, in other-centered self-giving, sacrificial love. Is that not the most beautiful thing you've ever seen? And can I tell you, when the Bible says, I'm calling you back to your first love, it's not to pray more in tongues. First love is right in the middle of this where you were born. What does Ephesians say? Excuse me, right now I'm doing a study on the word before. I was reading uh, several months ago, and all of a sudden, that word before became 72 font. How does that do that? Became a 72 font on a billboard in my mind's eye. And I thought, huh, I guess I should do something about that. So I've started looking up all the scriptures on before. You know what one of them is I can't get past? Before. 
the foundations of the world. Whoa, 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 whoa. That's as bad as never. Before the foundations of the world, I was in him. Oh, my goodness. So, wait a minute. My, my, my natural family over here isn't my first family. Is my first family over here? So, did he choose to send me to earth through this natural family? And I've had to get some, I had to get some stuff added to my life that I didn't experience here that I should have. Did I have to get rid of some stuff here that I got put in me that, I, that wasn't part of me? But if I'm in him before the foundations of the world and he chose me in him, do I have to do anything to get in him? Once the Holy Spirit begins to open your eyes in where you really are, and it's not just knowledge, or you repeat a scripture and it becomes revelation. Can I tell you, knowledge is a great place to start. But I know that I don't have revelation when my life hasn't changed, and I can just tell you with my words, but my life doesn't reflect it. Uh, Let me give you a practical example. I don't have a single childhood memory of ever being accepted, not one, even on my birthday. I had an inherent spirit of rejection. That particular issue, (laughs) which I've had many, by the time you end up in the joint, you've had some problems, okay? So for that particular issue, I don't don't know the genesis of it. I, I don't know. But I just tell you, my life was like this. And everywhere, no matter what you did or didn't do to me, I perceived it as rejection. So, (laughs) before the foundations of the world, I'm in him fully accepted, fully received, fully loved. I was adopted here. Hello. Somehow, I ended up over here with something that shouldn't have been in here that needed to be pulled out and something from there that needed to be put in. So all I knew is that I'd been rejected. So (laughs) isn't the master potter so interesting that he fixes stuff in the weirdest circumstances at the darndest times? (laughs) So while I'm incarcerated, every day's a bad hair day. I mean, steel-toed boots. I mean, (laughs) prison uniform. Khaki is really not me. So here I am in this circumstance, cinder block walls, razor wire. um, I began to accept myself. How did that happen? He began to open the eyes of my heart and show me what, what was showed me what needed to come out, began to work with me and give me invitation to reject something I had embraced all my life. That's called transformation. So I know it's not knowledge. I don't have just knowledge that I was accepted in him from the beginning before the foundation of the world. You know why? Because I can't remember this amazing testimony, by the way. I can't remember the last time I felt rejected. Now, I'm sure there's somebody in here rejected me now, and bless you, that's okay, I don't mind. (laughs) 
because I've gotten so, let me do it this way, I've gotten so rooted and grounded in reality that you're, boy, I wish I was in Australia. I could use a great word right now. <laughs> your stuff, <laughs> that was good, Mary. The stuff you're giving me on rejection, it, it's like water on a duck's back. Where that water on a duck's back used to be if you tried to accept me, I couldn't receive it because I was rooted and grounded in rejection. So I've been transplanted into acceptance, which is actually my family of origin and my divine design. You see? So my reflective question to you, what is the Holy Spirit transplanting you from? And what is the Holy Spirit transplanting you in two. And he's going to play a song about it. They go off all the time. Usually at wonderful moments. So ask him. Just take a moment, ask him. I'm not here for entertainment. Holy Spirit, show us. Show us something that you're transplanting us out of. Something maybe we've embraced for a long, long time. And then show us, Lord, what we need to be transplanted into in this season. And you can begin to walk with him in that in a practical way. For me, practically, when I began to see this, every single day I had the opportunity to be rejected. And I had to use a muscle that I'd never used before. See, I know what I'm talking about. You know, and that was with strangers, with a thousand inmates. How many of you know I got, a, <laughs> I got to exercise new muscles when I got out of prison and then I met people I knew and my family and so forth? Then you get to use your muscles in a new way. But I can literally stand before you today and honestly, I cannot remember the last time I felt I mean, if, if, if I felt rejected, it might have been a, like, you know, you splashed me with some water and it bounced off and I had oil all over me and I didn't really get wet. It's not that I didn't feel anything, but it, there was no stick. I think that's that he didn't have any, he didn't give any access to the, that guy, you know. You know that guy? Everybody doing all right? So this is living with the Trinity. Learning to live with the Trinity um, as friends. And I'll tell you, one of the biggest things he's shifting is us, because outwardly, a lot of us, a lot of us look like friends. And we show up at church, and we serve, and we bless our neighbors, but we're not doing it out of a wholeness because we haven't seen how much Jesus loves us where we really are, and we're trying to get acceptance or value or significance or worth, when, sweetheart, you've already got it. Okay? Lord, open the eyes to our, our friendship with you. Um, this is so good. Golly. So, um, So let me talk about uh, something else that's going to help you navigate. You know, one of the things we quote is, 
1 John 4, 4, and that's the scripture that talks about he that is in me is greater than he that's in the world. And it's interesting because in that passage in 1 John, it's, it's kind of in the context of false teachers. It's in, the, it's in the context of false prophets and so forth and so on. But in John, I want to read this, John, I want to read this in the Mirror Translation. Y'all might not be familiar with that Bible. It's called the Mirror Translation. John 14, 10. Listen to this. <clears throat> Let me set this up first. I love this. So as a good evangelical, I've thought for a long, long time, and you might be here as well, <clears throat> or you might have already moved past this, that eternal life was going to heaven. That, you know, yeah, eternal life, bring heaven to earth, and I'm experiencing eternal life here, but really eternal life is there and beyond. But what did Jesus say about eternal life? I love it when he clearly defines something. And he says, eternal life is that you would know the Father. Oh, the oh, that you would know the Father. Oh my goodness. Now, if that doesn't rock your world already, we can we can just, you know, just stop. So eternal life isn't about going to heaven. Do we want to go to heaven? be a good idea. But can I tell you, our endeavor and our seeking the Lord here isn't so much about what's going on there, but it's about who he is here. And that will reorder your priorities. It'll also reorder your bullseye of what you're trying to shoot at in life. Because there's so many people, listen, I'm, I'm fine with people that have had heavenly experiences. That's all great. But I don't have trouble believing something that's out there, but sometimes I struggle with knowing who he is for me in my everyday life. So that's where I put my effort and my energy and my yielding to and asking the Holy Spirit for help because Jesus and, and the guys were all around him going, hey, listen, we've been with you all this time, but if you'll just show us the Father, it'll be sufficient. <laughs> He's like, whoa, I threw 15,000 center field you know, pitches to you guys, and no, everybody's dropped the ball. And it says this in, in John. I love this. This is the lens for living. If you, speaking of Australia, this was, I don't know, 15, 17 years ago. It doesn't matter. I was in a small community. And this was when all this was birthing in my heart. I didn't have language for it then. I just had frustration, desires, and I knew there was something in God that I didn't have. I've been, at that time, I'd been preaching, probably had gone to not many nations at the time, maybe 20 or 25, but I still knew there was a hole in my heart, and I didn't know what it was. And I go in this tiny little community, Barry, it's an hour and a half out of Sydney, tiny little church, first time I'd ever preached there, little stage, you know, not even, it's just a little riser, a handmade sign over the worship, changed my life. It said this, live loved. It was as big as before. Not, well, that didn't work. It got so large, just like that font when I hit the before the foundations of the earth, where that 11 font got to 72. That banner exploded over that stage, and I knew the Holy Spirit was telling me, Mary, this is what I have for you. I want you to have a life where you feel loved. 
So John 14, 9, Philip, I've been with you for a long time, and yet haven't you really known me? To see me is to see the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? How many of us are still doing that? Are you not convinced that I am in the Father and that the Father is in me? Here we go. We are in seamless union. The words that I speak to you are not independent opinion or ideas. The Father in me addresses you. This conversation then translates into the Father's action unveiling in my doing. Here we go. The fact that the Father seems distant or invisible to you does not mean that he is absent. Wow. So what am I saying? Can I tell you, I could put it in great prophetic language and frame it with COVID and the war in the Ukraine and do all this. I'm not going to do that. I'm telling you something. One of the biggest oppositions in your life in this season is for you to feel absent from the Father and for you to feel isolated from the Trinity and for you to never see the fact that before and that this is truly your beginning of your, of your family. This is your first family. And one of the things that's going to prepare us for the coming days, can I tell you, I, I told pastor this before service, I'm a little reticent, that's a good word, to listen to voices that are trying to convince me that they know what God's going to do next. I don't know that he's saying that much. It's not, at least he's not to me. So the one thing that I want to do in my relationship with the Lord is that I want to know, I, if I know him and I understand the Father's relationship with the Son in the power of the Spirit and that he is in him in the power of the Spirit and that I am in them, can I tell you I'm ready for my tomorrow. But if I spend all my time listening for people to try to tell me what God's biblical calendar is, and I, I go into to my tomorrow in the same revelation that I had six months ago, I am an open target for the devil. Revelation of the Father, of the Son, in the power of the Spirit is critical. That's why he's healing so many of our wounds. I was talking to a friend of mine a couple of nights ago, and her, her mother has recently passed, and she got together with her siblings. There was all kinds of relational turmoil, and she said she was bawling. She said, Mary, I, I have not yelled at a human being in, in over 10 years. And she was just crying and crying and just saying, I, I just didn't know that was in me, and I've worked you know, with the Lord about anger and all this, and I listened, and I, I said this. I said, Sarah, it's not anger. It's pain. Can I tell you, when we're in pain, the primary emotion that we flip to is anger because it's the strongest emotion psychologically. And it make because the minute we feel like we're in pain, we feel vulnerable and we don't want to stay there. So we flip to anger. Any counselors in the house? They can, <laughs> so they can verify that. So, and I began to talk to her. I said, you know, your mother only dies once. And I'll guarantee you that the Holy Spirit will show you things that need, still need healing so that you can actually be stronger after, you know, after. So we have to recognize 
what the Holy Spirit's doing on the inside so that we can cooperate. So don't, don't hear what I'm not saying, which is there are aspects of the soul that need to be healed, but I'm telling you that our revelation of the Father is insufficient for the coming days. It's insufficient. We're, we're just like the boys going, hey, it'll be enough if you'll just show us. Well, that's what the Holy Spirit is doing in your everyday life. He's showing you the Father because he wants you prepared for the coming days. Um, and this is, the, this is the increase of anyone that knows my ministry. I don't, um, there, there is warfare, but there's also victory. <laughs> there's a victor and his name is Jesus. But the thing is, I think we have to recognize that that is the warfare. The warfare is inside of us. You know, it is that, that pain that needs to be healed. One of the things that I did in Australia, actually, Pastor, for eight years solid, was I was teaching staff members and senior pastors on how to receive. Why? Because if you have pain, the number one aspect for healing is comfort. Oh, wait a minute. That's also part of, see, what is the prophetic? Encouragement. What's the next one? Exhortation. What's the third one? Oh, my goodness. Comfort. That's part of the prophetic that is sorely missing. Why? Because we, we feel like if we're in pain, we're not mature. And if we're in pain, we're weak. And if we're in pain, we don't qualify for leadership. You show me a man and a woman that can receive comfort and I'll show you a leader. You show me a man or a woman that can receive comfort, and I'll show you someone on their path to healing and maturity. You show me a man or a woman that can receive comfort, and I'll show you somebody that's hungering for Jesus. Aren't you glad I came to Tyler? (laughs) Well, I am. So increase awareness of warfare, that's what I mean by that. So like last week, I was, I had this undefined oppression, and I'm usually pretty good at knowing what it is, moving, you know, just, you know, resisting it and moving on. I couldn't put my finger on it. I even called one of my best girlfriends in Nashville because she can usually see what it is and help me. Do you have any of those friends? Oh my gosh, I love them. So sometimes he won't, you know, the Lord won't show you, you, you got to go get help. That took about eight years for me to learn how to get help. Anybody still working on that? Oh, if I go get help, that means I'm not mature. If I go get help, that means I'm, I'm in pain. <laughs> I don't have to walk you through that again, do I? So I called my friend. She couldn't see either. So I did everything I knew to move in the opposite spirit. I mean, what do I mean by that? Usually when I'm under oppression, I want to withdraw, Right? I made myself go to my neighbors and ask if they need anything. Of course, they needed groceries, so then I have to go to the grocery store after I go to the gym. I, w- I normally forget the gym. when I'm all this, all this stuff, you just want to withdraw when you're under something, right? But I've learned enough that I go forward instead of backwards, right? So I go to the gym. Even the adrenaline didn't shake it off. So I knew that something was going on, so I go into the grocery store for my neighbors And I start talking to strangers because I'm going to bless them. I start talking to them. Aren't you glad you weren't at the grocery store that day? I was so weird. (laughs) You know, some woman was looking at the vegetables. Oh, aren't these amazing? I mean, like, she's like, who are you? You know, 
I'm trying to just get past something. I'm not the only one that deals with this stuff. So sure enough, I go up to the meat counter, and some woman's looking at the, you know, steaks, and I, I was like, oh, well, you can't go wrong with any of those. You all, I'm not, I'm so serious. The, the deli guy, and the woman goes, yeah, yeah, she acknowledged it, but I'm getting no breakthrough from anywhere. Any of my tricks weren't working. So the deli guy leans over and said, he says this, it's unbelievable. Ma'am, if you'll just give Jesus the will, it's going to be all right. I don't wear, I don't have a cross on. I didn't <clears throat> have black ashes on my, I, nothing. And I'm like, I was that pitiful in that moment. And I grinned from ear to ear and I thought, there's always a way out. But here's what I did. I recognized that something was, I didn't even, I still to this day don't know what it is. And I'm usually pretty good at understanding. Even when you don't understand, don't stop until you get out from under it. So just keep going, and I'll tell you, God will send a deli guy. <laughs> All right, I want to I land the plane with the, at this. L- let, me, let me, I'm kind of a stickler for language, and some language that I, that I refuse to use is that God wants to use you, brother. I've been sexually abused. I don't want to be used by anybody. So I don't like that language. But language that I love is this language. Partnership, other-centered, self-giving, self-sacrificing, love and partnership. So over the last three to four years, the Lord's been teaching me more about partnership. So X amount of time ago, it's been about a year ago, I, I just kept meditating on this word and telling the Lord I wanted to partner with him more. And so... I started feeling like I, I wanted to get a lamb, you know, like just a picture, uh, um, some kind of lamb. So I'd come home from work and I'd just this desire to get like a lamb was on my heart. So I did something very spiritual. I got on Amazon. That was funny. Uh, I got on Amazon and I found this lamb. And sure enough, this lamb was white, had a few brown spots standing up, and I'm getting ready to push by, and the, I felt the Holy Spirit, nope, nope, wrong lamb. <sighs> and then I'm so tired, I go to bed, come home the next day, and I keep thinking about this lamb. So I get back on the internet, on, on Amazon, and, and I felt like the Lord said, no, the lamb has to be laying down. So, okay, I find a lamb laying down, about to bite. no, 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 those eyes are closed, eyes have to be open. Oh, my gosh. Sometimes he's specific, and sometimes you're specific. And it's okay. The joy in life is doing life with him. I don't ever need help, somebody to teach me how to serve God. Zero help do I need. I need all the help in the world to learn to live with God in my everyday life. Somebody needs to catch that. So I'm looking, I'm looking at this lamb. No, eyes open. Okay, next lamb. Eyes open, no brown spots, laying down. Okay, great. The lamb comes in. I was, you guys, I was so excited. In fact, if you see my car, it's still out there. I'm, I was going to put it in my bathroom so I could see the lamb every morning as I'm going out because I want to, you know, have Jesus sightings that day. That was the whole thing. I felt like it was a prophetic act. <clears throat> Never thought I'd tell the story. For me, and I'm going to put it in my bathroom, well, no, I have to put it on my dashboard. So, 
So I've got this lamb on my dashboard, and it's there. So every morning when I'm leaving, I'm like, oh, yeah, we're going to have a Jesus sighting today. Or, you know, let me have a Jesus sighting today. So, oh, and I've learned that, you know that thing sometimes that you just keep thinking about and you think it's you? Sometimes it's not you. So over Christmas, I started having that thing. But this time it wasn't over a lamb. It was over those reindeer ears that you can put on your car at Christmas. Like I've wanted those for five years, you guys. And I've never had them. You know, the reindeer ears and the little tail on the bottom and the red nose. I, mean, I think those things are just so cute. So every Christmas, last five, last five years, Christmases come and go. And by January, I'm like, oh, I forgot my ears. Oh, I forgot my... And I've wanted them for a long... So at Christmas, I started having that thing. So I'd come home, Amazon, I'd look. Eh, no, that has ears, no tail. Okay, ooh, that has ears and a nose, no tail. Ooh, that's just a tail. Who in the heck would do that? And then, so I finally find $14.95 reindeer ears, a nose, and a tail. I'm so excited. I'm, I get up really early. I put those things on my car. I don't know, some ridiculous hour, like 4.30 in the morning. I mean, I was so happy. I, I was happy even before my coffee. I mean, I, I got my, my ears, my tail, and my, and my, my nose. I'm so excited. So that morning I had to go to a client's house and I had to go a different way because I didn't go to the office. And sure enough, it was school, school was still on and dads were walking their sons. It was a warmer day, you know, Texas, hot or cold. And so, so they're walking their, their kids to school and I'm blasting with my windows up like, man, Disa, Christmas, just rocking it, you know, and some outrageous because I'm just so happy I've got my... You know, I'm just so happy. And so this kid walks around the corner, pulls on his dad's arm, and points at my reindeer ears. I roll my window down. Man, Disa's blazing. My reindeer ears are flapping in the wind. I'm sure my tail's doing this. My nose is really happy, and I give him a thumbs up. He gives me a thumbs up, and his face was like a Christmas tree. And I kept driving, and the Holy Spirit fills the car. And he said, thanks for partnering with me in the joy of that little boy's moment. That's partnership with God. I thought this was me wanting this. But this was God's wanting this. And that's what the devil never wants you to connect with. He wants you to think when pastor serves communion, you're serving God and partnering with God. When Pastor Diane does flow and organizes all that stuff for the women, that's, that's partnering with God. When, when you give a prophetic word or pray for somebody, that's partnering with God. Yes, but so is. And that's what the Holy Spirit is opening our eyes to in this season. When Jesus had to go through Samaria, he was pooped. He sat down, sent the boys for McFish sandwiches, sent them off. He sits down. He encounters a woman, begins to 
partner with his father, exhausted, drained, out of doing something culture doesn't allow, breaking all kinds of rules. He's so in alignment in partnership with his father, the boys come back, the aroma from the fish fills that entire area, and they're, go, they're going, Master, you want tartar sauce? And he's like, you have no idea what partnership with father's like. You forget about food. It's so, that moment of, I, I was beside myself. I'm still living off that. Look at me. I'm not, not acting for you. If I told this story to one person in a corner, I'd feel this way. Because this and this produced this. And this and this is happening all the time. But the devil blinds us and we're not awakened and we have religious thinking about relationship with Father. And that's coming down in this hour so that we can have such partnership that we live in eternal life now and we take that with us to heaven. So if you will, just close your eyes for just a second. Holy Spirit, only you can change the way we see. And you tell us, Pastor told us this morning, by the Spirit, we're going to become what we behold. And we've not seen you as other-centered, self-giving, sacrificial relationship with the, with the Son and the power of the Spirit. So, Father, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would open the eyes of anyone that wants to become more aware. We're already partnering with you. We do so much that we don't know. But, Lord, we want awareness so that we can live in rivers of living water that flow out of our choices on Amazon, that flow out of our choices of food, where we go, what we do. Lord, we declare he that is in us is greater than he that's in the world and that we are in you, you are in the Father, and you came to show us eternal life. Lord, we say we don't see it without you. Lord, we don't want to go through our everyday life and it just be all natural. We want supernatural partnership with you. Father, open blind eyes today. Awaken us. Help our awareness in everything that you're doing. Now look at me just a minute. Before you lay your head on your pillow tonight, I'm going to ask that you consider asking the Holy Spirit this question. If my gift of suspicion is working today, I believe you're already partnering with God in ways you don't see. So I would ask that you would consider having a chat with the Holy Spirit. Spirit, show me. How am I partnering with you in ways I can't see? Because then great joy 
great life and actually flood rivers. They're already flowing, but man, it's a lot better when you get on the raft and go with him. And that's just awareness. He wants to answer that prayer for you this week. That's why he sent me here this morning. Because he's opening blind eyes. And he wants to partner with you in a more recognizable fashion. So Lord, we thank you for today. Let your partnership and your relationship be real. In Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening. They enjoyed that. The simplicity of knowing that Jesus has made a place that with us with the Father, he gave us access, he's the door, everything comes through him. Takes the frustration out of that, that I have to work for it. Jesus paid the price, so when I try to work for it, then I'm, what I'm saying is, your price wasn't enough, I have to do it. Out of that relationship, thus comes areas of service. As Mary was teaching, I was thinking, you know, the, there's a book out, The Five Love Languages, remember, anybody remember that? And I realized that God doesn't have any of those love languages. <laughs> that is something that is man figured out and, you know, psychology put in this and all that. He has, he has the only love language that he has is I love you. And you're accepted in the beloved. The price has been paid. And when we feel like we're, we're not worth it, somehow or another we start measuring ourselves by somebody else that, if I was doing that, and, all, and yet that may be their assignment, their act of obedience. But when we measure ourselves by others and make the comparison, we really always come up short. There's a great verse in the scriptures that says, only in the eyes of the master does a servant stand or fall. That he's the only one that measures it. And because of what Jesus did, we don't fall or fail, we're measuring up to him. Would you stand with me if you would? And want the ministry team just to come stand with us. And it was interesting that the tail end of last week's service, I just brought up the idea that out of Isaiah 61, how when Jesus comes in the temple, he's reading out of Isaiah. And the first area of anointing, he said, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, and he's anointing me for what? Not to prophesy to preach, he's anointing me to heal the brokenhearted first area of anointing that Jesus identified with out of Isaiah was to heal the brokenhearted. So if you're dealing with some of that and maybe you're, you're not happy with your response as she said, talking about your pain caused some reaction 